This is the truth about quant. We're about to reveal some crazy facts about quant that you haven't heard of. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to reveal the truth about quant. We've done a deep dive into quant to identify some crazy facts that you may not have heard of. And it's really, really interesting what these guys are doing. If you haven't heard of quant before, make sure you tune around to tune in to the very end. Yeah. You're going to want to hear everything we have to say here. For sure. So, I mean, look, if you've been following our channel, you're a member of the Discord, you've definitely heard us talk about quant before. It's one of our favorite projects. We mentioned it recently on our Perfect 10 crypto as part of our Perfect Portfolio. But when you really deep dive into what's going on in quant, things that are going on in the background and some potential stuff in the roadmap, it really gives you an an interesting understanding as to why we love this project so much. So they are all about interoperability. It's all about seamless transition of, uh, of data from one blockchain to another. It's allowing all blockchains to connect seamlessly. So you can think of it like this. It's just like an email can be sent between Gmail and Outlook. Think about the future of NFTs, the future of crypto. An interoperable ecosystem will allow what, you know, an NFT to go from one metaverse to another metaverse or Ethereum to interact with Bitcoin. Yeah. So you need something like this that, you know, just think of it like an email sending Gmail to Outlook. That's yeah. how you can picture this. It's perfect. It's, it's one blockchain. It's an operating system to connect all blockchains. So another way you could look at it to put it into, you know, real life terms is basically like Windows, the operating system, which all the other programs connect into and then talk to each other via Windows. So the, what, what Quant is attempting to build is one system where all the blockchains, Solana, Avalanche, whatever, you name it, they can all connect and talk to each other. And I think, you know, if you look at trends that could be playing for the next bull run and kind of poked its head in for the, for the last bull run is interoperability mm. because there's just so many different chains. You know, it's great to have layer ones and layer twos and all that kind of stuff. But when you're looking at a, par- a project that's potentially connecting all the chains, that is what I think makes Quant so unique. Yeah. So Quant is an overledger. So it sits on, sits on top of, yep. right, an existing blockchain. So it's like a man just little thin line. So you have like... Ethereum up here and you have this little thin line of quant in between and then you have every other blockchain potentially that would interoperate with Ethereum. And one of the great things about quant and their technology is they don't want to make it very difficult for these blockchains to integrate with their software and their platform. So they've kind of built this straightforward plug and play technology, which makes it very easy for teams from corporations, companies and different blockchains to integrate with their platform. So I found a really, that I like that you just said that easy, right? Because it has to be simple for mass adoption. And I found this really good quote by Gilbert Verdi, uh, Verdian, I believe he's the CEO. Quant, so this is with one of their part, uh, partners, Oracle. So Quant helps Oracle's customer banks by providing a single API to all supported blockchains to power interoperability across platforms. Giving clients choice and flexibility 
to freely use any blockchain technology and go cross-platform, and here it is, with only three lines of code. That's that's the selling point to me, right? And, you know, it's, it's interesting, as you mentioned, they're already working with Oracle, and that single API giving corporations like Oracle access to all the blockchain, that's the killer app right there. They've already worked with Amazon AWS for providing um, blockchain services for their cloud hosting in the past, and they went through the NVIDIA Accelerator program. So already when you look, when we always look at, you know, partners, connections, they're already working with some of the top corporations in the world. And with this easy plug and play technology connecting web two corporations to web three and all blockchains at once. I mean, so right, right away when you look under the hood, it just looks like a gem. And let's not just quickly skim over Oracle yeah. or Amazon either. Like remember how big these companies are, mm-hmm. right? And this is one of the things why I love Hedera so much is their governing council. And again, like being a former sales guy and working in the corporate world, when you have one system that works really well and you have a ton of customers and clients underneath you or partnered with you, they tend to use the exact same technology that you're using. So when you're Oracle, which is the world's largest database management company and the third largest software company in the world, they have over 400,000 different customers and clients. Massive. Right? You have AWS. 90% 90% of the Fortune 100 use AWS. It's the, you know, it's the only basically cloud uh, provider that you'd use. Exactly. So without even knowing it, these people are using Quant. Yeah. Right? So it's, let's not just skim over those two. Like, it's, it's, it, it, it's uh, massive. So not only for the, the three lines of code to seamlessly integrate it, but you also have this seamless integration with these large companies who are already now using it with their customers. Exactly. And there are some interesting reasons and recent developments why Quant has been pumping lately, which we'll get to a little bit further in the episode, so make sure to watch to the end. But we should also briefly talk about the tokenomics Mm. because Quant has some of the best tokenomics out of any crypto. The total supply, max supply is 14 million, which is even less than Bitcoin, which is famously at 21 million. So right there, you know, the supply is scarce. You know, they're not creating tokens out of thin air. There's not... 10 trillion tokens in circulation. It's a cool, clean, crisp 14 million. Mm. And most of the, I think it's 83% of the tokens are in circulation already. That's great because there's less tokens on the market. And as adoption increases, it's going to naturally drive the price up. There's less opportunities for the team or any other tokens to be released, creating less scarcity. So they have beautiful tokenomics. Yeah, so that's great. So let's let's kind of touch upon some of the things that has made it maybe pump recently. So there was a, a crypto framework which published by the U.S. Treasury, which has generated massive hype in the community. And we talked about this on our bear market crypto episode as to why Quant has been performing so well. But we'll touch on it again because it's relevant to the project, obviously. So U.S. government agencies came jointly to provide a, a document which is building the framework for international engagement with digital assets. And it contains all of these different companies that Quant is already connected to. And then, you know, it it ties in with everything that uh, Biden's executive order for regulating digital assets. And and Quant Quant fits in exactly with the regulatory framework that they're building. So right away, when you look at regulation coming in and Quant is potentially already in compliance and has connections to all these companies in what, what might become the new financial world order, that is one of the main reasons why it's been hyped up so so much over the past, say, two months, because people are reading between the lines here, making connections, saying, look, Quant is already compliant with what they basically laid out as the future 
of digital assets. So people are like, all right, we need to buy this now. Yeah, you don't want what's happening with, you know, XRP and Ripple, you know, for a quant to be considered a security. You want it to be compliant because then there's no legal battles and they can just continue to build and execute on what they're currently doing to date. Yeah, 100%. So diving a little bit deeper into what's going on is it's a lot of this is about this ISO 20022 thing, right? So if you've, you've heard that a lot, it's the ISO compliant cryptos. And what uh, ISO 222 means, it's the International Organization of Standardization. So it's basically a new method for developing messages between financial institutions. Right. And right when you hear that, you think, you know, corporations and financial institutions communicating with each other. Well, the quant platform seems to be built specifically for this purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. And what's great is that when you have different financial institutions, you know, you could have different banks from around the world. They don't all necessarily use the same currency, but if they start to tokenize, you know, if they start to go with more of a central bank digital currency, you know, this API is going to allow these institutions to tokenize their fiat, but who, who knows, maybe they're, they're built on the Binance Smart Chain. Maybe they're built on Ethereum. Maybe they're built on AVAX. With Quant, it doesn't matter where these banks have tokenized on what platform. So it allows for this messaging, you know, transactions to easily yeah. occur. It seems like a natural fit for something they'd want to include as one of the backbones of this new financial system. Yeah. And many organizations are already starting to back this ISO uh, standard. So notably, the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication, also known as SWIFT, mm-hmm. you know, they're always making the news. So they put their support behind this standard. And they're migrating all of their members, banks, institutions, all this over to the ISO standard. So it's starting to happen now. So that's why when you look at it, and there are a group of cryptos that are already officially involved or approved by this ISO standard, Quant isn't one of them yet. Right. But that's why the opportunity may be arising now and maybe why it's been pumping is because people are, again, making connections, reading between the lines and saying, look, quant fits the bill. They're already in compliance with this ISO standard, but they haven't been announced as an official member yet. So it could be one of those buy the rumor, sell the news things, right? I hope so. I mean, that'd be nice. Or even if it doesn't, I'd like to see the price come down a little bit more so we can accumulate, dollar cost average a bit more. Accumulate some more into quant. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So current compliant cryptos in the ISO standard are XRP, Stellar Lumens, IOTA, Algorand, and XDC. Those are the five official compliant cryptos of the ISO standard. Algorand, eh? Algorand. Huh. Yeah. That's one we like. That's interesting. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting. They're also doing uh, the FIFA sponsorship, right? For the upcoming... For the World Cup? Yeah. Yeah. And then the three that are rumored to be compliant and could be announced at some point are Quant, HBAR, and Cardano. Let's go, baby. Yeah, so, you know, people are like, oh, well, why don't you just build, um, yeah. I mean, build a ISO standard portfolio. Just buy those eight coins, and, you know, basically what you're doing is resigning yourself to the new financial order, which at the end of the day might not be the worst idea. No. Because as we know, the regulations are going to come in. It's going to take a while, but it's going to be huge for the industry because trillions of dollars are going to be able to flow into the crypto economy. Mm. And the coins that are already regulated or already meet regulations within this standard could be could stand the most to benefit because they don't have to change what they're doing, which some layer ones and layer twos might have to. Yeah, and if they're not future-proof blockchains like a Casper or one of these other ones, they're going to spend a lot of time doing some development. You know, even maybe the way that Ethereum has to go through this 
proof of work to proof of stake mm. you know, on how much time they're spending on this merge. You know, Quant is not going to have to do that. Yeah, for sure. And then when you dig into it even deeper, <coughs> the Quant CEO who you mentioned earlier in the episode, yep. this guy comes from a crazy background through the financial, financial industry, and he has personal connections to all of these financial companies, MasterCard, Swift, who I just mentioned, and he has connections to a bunch of central banks from around the world. And then when you look at the ISO uh, 222 standard, which is now being used in over 70 countries, federal banks and all this, Switzerland, China, India, Japan, they're all getting on board this standard. The quant guy is involved in the standard, but quant has not been officially named as part of it. It just seems like the opportunity. And then that's why a lot of people love quant so much right now. I like that we're talking about the team now. <clears throat> so he's got 20 years in cybersecurity as well, which, you know, we look at all these different hacks that's been occurring as of late. It was like 2 billion hacks already yep. this year. So coming from a 20 years of cybersecurity experience, I think is, is massive for the security of quant. But in addition, he's held a number of government positions as well. So, you know, think about the compliance and all that. I, th I think having those ties to the government is massive. Uh, in terms of their chief product officer, 13 years at Vocalink. That's a MasterCard company. And then their board of directors. This is where it gets really good. Nice. <laughs> this is where it gets crazy. This is where it gets good. The managing, the he, so the board of directors, uh, one of their guys there, he's a managing director at Rockefeller Capital. Oh, shit. Right? That's huge, man. He also led the private, uh, the largest private wealth management practice at Morgan Stanley. So these are some big dogs who have some really good connections. Mm. And think about the way the world works. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, 100%. You just have to, again, we always say, you know, zoom out on these situations and look at where you think the project and the whole crypto industry in general is going. At the backbone of what crypto can solve is changing the, the global financial system making it easy for people to send money around the world, mm. whether it be consumers, corporations, banks, institutions, you name it. And quant fits right into that solution. So if you think that over the next, say, five, 10 years, all major banks, governments, corporations are going to be buying into this new ISO standard. And if you also think that quant is about to be officially accepted into the standard as the backbone of this interoperability, bringing all these layer ones in through that easy plug-and-play API. Quant just seems like an absolute no-brainer coin that you'd have to have in your portfolio if you believe in the future of crypto like we do. That's right. And so what's the token utility, right? <clears throat> what is the purpose of the QNT? And the beautiful thing about Quant, too, is it's a patented technology that they have. So, you know, nobody else can use utilize it. And every user who wants to have access to the API or develop any, any of these enterprises, you need to hold the QNT token. So it's a license. It's kind of like, it's the same as having a license key to, to hold access to an ecosystem. Like you need to hold it in order to gain access to it. Right. Yeah. So that's what actually drives the utility of the token as well, which I found kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. There was also, um, NFTs are going to be huge, whether people like it or not. Um, in the future, I just don't think, like we, I've alluded to this, you've alluded to this a million times on this episode. NFTs are viewed as just these monkeys and they're whatever, but they're non-fungible tokens. These are trackable tokens on the blockchain. This Everything's eventually being tokenized. It's really going to help the supply chain. It's going to help, you know, with the financial institutions and tokenizing their, their dollars. So they've created a, uh, this is relatively new too. They have the QRC721 token that they've just come out with. Nice. Um, there's limited 
So <clears throat> NFT sales in 2021 exceeded 25 billion. So there's a really big market here for it. And the major ER, the major token that's used for NFTs right now is the ERC721. But there's limitations to it. And the fact that it lacks interoperability and there was a lot of uh, security and fraud. There is 87 million in NFT hacks in 2022 thus far. So the fact that this QRC <clears throat> 721 is built for enterprise adoption and is interoperable, it could you could also see some of this quant take away from the Ethereum side of things from the NFT perspective. Right. And yeah. I'm thinking metaverse, you know, right now we're in web two, we're looking at, you know, we're on flat um, screens when we browse, you know, whatever, you're trying to buy some shoes or something. But when the metaverse eventually really takes off with a company like Otherverse, for example, and every website is technically like a, a metaverse and you're experiencing what what's on the actual web page. You're going to want to have these NFTs seamlessly go from one metaverse to another. Who's going to be connecting all the metaverses? Quant with yeah. a QRC721 token. I like it. No, that's a great, it's a great way of uh, piecing together what like the future could potentially hold for Quant. And you talk about the token utility and the use cases and how it will grow as the entire crypto economy grows, not just payments, but NFTs and metaverse. And then it all goes back to those sound fundamental tokenomics. Because if all these companies are going to want access into this quant system, they're all going to have to hold the quant token. And because it's not inflationary and there's a very limited amount of supply, you could see some serious price action from that coin, right? When it runs, it can run because there's only 14 million coins in existence and there will never be any more. So, you know, if you you don't, don't really know what tokenomics is and stuff like that, we have an episode all about that uh, to really understand, you know, Certain companies and certain coins, even if people are using it, if they're inflationary, the price will kind of not maybe reflect the utility and the popularity. That's right. But when you talk about all the kind of things that we think Quant can do and how all the companies will use that that token, you go back to the tokenomics. And that's where, for me, it's just another green tick. It's like, this is a, this is a fucking gem. Yeah. And it, the fact that it's blockchain agnostic as, as well, you know, existing infrastructure is compatible with cross-platforms. Cross, cross yeah. Uh, sorry, cross-chain platform apps and all that. I think that really protects them as well. They're just not like pigeonholed to the one blockchain. You know, let's say there's some legal battles or, you know, who knows what's going Like there's a security issue. Yep. So it's good good in that um, regards. And there was two other in- really interesting partners I wanted to highlight too. Is the Because f- uh, I think these have kind of gone by the wayside. These are, um, you know, back in like 2019, 2020. They're a partner with SimbaChain. It's an unhackable messaging system for U.S. military. Cool which is really neat that Quant is again there. And one of your favorite, Constellation DAG. Oh, yeah. They have a partnership as well. It's a similar kind of concept, right? Like yeah. the blockchain that connects all blockchains? Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking for a small cap play, Constellation DAG is really good. And it had something to do with integrating secure communication protocols for with Quant's overledger with smart cities. Right. So with smart cities, you have, I think it's, I'm going to screw up the stat, but it was something like, the number of cities that have 10 million that are going to grow to like 20 million or like double is going to increase quite substantially. Right. So smart cities are really important. But with smart cities, you have all these really unique technologies that can't really communicate with one another right now. So there's billions of dollars waiting on the sidelines mm. and it's just not, it's not there yet. Quant is looking to position itself within smart cities to allow all the different communications to work with the internet of things. Right. Yeah, there's so many so many different applications and it all comes down to that cross-chain interoperability That's because it. you you couldn't have 
one layer one come in and try to solve all these issues because eventually a city is going to want to use a different blockchain and all that kind of stuff. So you have to have that internet connectivity or that interconnectivity. And that's why I think interoperability is talked about so much when anyone talks about where crypto is going, interoperability, it's multi-chain, it's cross-chain, you know, one layer one is not going to dominate everything. So it's always great to have layer ones in your portfolio. And if you want to find out which layer ones we like, check out our perfect 10 portfolio episode. But when you're looking for a coin that's providing interoperability, which you should have some exposure to in your portfolio, Quant is definitely our pick. And it only, I think Quant's only, we didn't mention this yet, but it's only got a fully diluted market cap of 1.5 billion. So it's relatively, it's mid cap. It's relatively small. You know, when you look at uh, Cardano, for example, I think it's like 60 billion or something like that. Like for sure. A lot of room to grow. There's a lot of room here. I said, yeah, like project number 40. I could see this in the top 10. Yeah. At some point, I mean, fuck, you have Shiba Inu and Dogecoin ahead of this. For sure. It's got a lot of potential. Um, I'd be interested to know if if you're watching this episode and you want to see us to do a truth about another project, lay it in the comments. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see which ones get the most likes and we can we can potentially do a deep dive into your favorite project as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Hey, make sure you guys tune into that next episode. That one's going to be a banger. views expressed by speakers on the bean pod are solely their opinions you should not treat any opinion expressed on the bean pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy but only as an expression of their opinion this podcast is for informational purposes only